Hi friends. Hello, hello. You're listening to I'm Sorry with the podcast with Ashley Sleek. It's just like I showed up to your house, bottle of wine in hand with like 45 to an hour of juicy ass gossip to talk about. Like who doesn't want to do that? Hello, hello, and welcome back to I'm Sorry About the Podcast. I'm Ashley Sleek, and I have to admit, I did another big podcast fail last week. So basically, you know, I was talking, I did the episode, whatever, and she was kind of a hot mess express. I was like, the otter's over. I got to get to this conference, like, you know, whatever. And he, by the way, he wasn't here when I was recording because that would be hot goss, but that's not what happened. Um, but, anyways, Uh, All this is to say that I realized as I was like putting together the episode that I forgot to talk about my amazing weekend that I had. And so then I went back and re-recorded a little ending and then had to like slice it back in. And then I told everybody that like I added something in at the end and then it wasn't there. So like she's a hot mess express. So I'm going to try to add it to the end of this episode if I still have it because my computer crashed. I honestly don't know. And if not, we will wait another week and I will talk about it next week. But um, anyways, hi, she lied to you. What a little bitch. What a little fucking bitch. So um, here's the deal. I got my orange nails back and I feel equally as powerful as I did the first time I got them. I don't know if y'all remember if you're loyal to the podcast. I feel like you might because this was a very big thing I talked about because it was like I'm going to get these neon orange nails and I wasn't sure how I felt because I felt like that was a little bold, little ballsy. And I felt like just the baddest bitch when I had these orange nails. Like these orange nails gave me a unearthly amount of confidence. And you might think, listen, we hear you talk about yourself once a week. We know you're confident. You know what? Not as much as I seem. You know, I love a good like confidence moment, you know, and I have them. But sometimes I don't feel like a bad bitch. And when I have my orange nails, I feel like I am unstoppable. And so, you know, I'm going to New Orleans this week. And my thought was that I was going to get green or purple nails to kind of do like the Mardi Gras thing. And then when I got into the salon, I saw the orange and I was like, I think I need it. I think I need it because I was going to wait till the giant season to get orange. And, you know, the season opener is like in April. And I don't understand why I can't just get orange nails twice. Like I had this in my head where I was like, no, orange nails once a year. I have that problem with colors all the time where I'm like, I already did that color this year. I can't do it again. It's like, who says, who says you're not perfect? Who says you're not worth it? Who said you're the only one that's hurting? Selena Gomez, my girl. Um, That reminds me, I did not, you know, this is, this podcast usually covers the hot goss of the celebrity world every once in a while. And I did not give any fucks about the Selena Gomez, Hailey Bieber's, like, um, Kendall Jenner, Kylie Jenner shit to even write it down, research it or talk about it. So I just feel like up front now that I brought her up, I have to say that I didn't do it from what I gather. It just all seems like speculation to me. I feel like nobody can post anything on social media without it being like, oh, this is about this person. So I think that's why I'm not into it, because as someone who's had to like talk herself and others constantly down about like, I really don't think that post is about you. You know, like that that statement has come out of my mouth several times. So I feel like when somebody alludes that a social post is about somebody, unless it's like 
grade A juice, like 1000% on brand for sure. I'm not really, I'm not really buying it. I don't know. I just feel like Selena Gomez put on a filter where her eyebrows looked interesting. And then someone else was like, I'm not into that trend. And then apparently it was a Selena Gomez thing. And you might be sitting here listening, Ashley, you don't know the facts. This was obviously shady. You're right. I don't. Maybe I'll get educated. But honestly, I just think that like, Selena Gomez has moved on. Our girl has grown. And I don't need to hear any more drama about Haley fucking Bieber. Let her be married to Justin. Selena was too good for him anyways. And I'm just over the narrative. Like, I just really don't give a fuck. And I I know that's weird because, hello, she loves the celebrity world. But like, I don't, I just, meh. And then it's like Kylie Jenner getting it's like this bitch is a mother of two. Like, can we just fucking relax? Like, I mean, I'm not saying moms can't be shady because we all know they're like top tier. But like, I just not all moms, but I'm just saying mom groups. That shit's scary as fuck sometimes. Like those are the ones getting buck wild about shit. And sometimes it's helpful and sometimes it's scary. I don't know. But anyways, all I have all I'm getting at is that I know that you came here for educational purposes to hear about the world of celeb. And I'm so sorry. This is like the biggest story right now. And I just like, I don't, I don't care. Um, so anyways, back to my orange nails. Th- this is the problem. Do you see what I mean? I got the orange nails and I was like, you know what? I don't want to talk about it. So I'm not going to the orange nails and the confidence that they give me. It's scary. I'm even wearing my pumpkin spice t-shirt. It's fucking February. Like we are one day away from March. Actually, when this episode comes out, it'll be March 1st. Ugh. I love that. I love when the stars align like that for me. That's my favorite thing in the whole world. Like I love, well, not it's tough because I also love when a Monday starts on a first. Oh, just kiss. But I also love when the podcast comes out on the first of a month. Ugh, so fun. She's just weird about dates. I don't know what to tell you. Um, so anyways, yeah. Orange tails are back. Very pow- powerful. I mentioned this last week, but I've been reading The Sunshine State of Mind by Tanya Rad and Raquel Stevens. I made sure I had her name uh, this time. So basically, you know, as I mentioned last week, uh, this book is kind of this like way of thinking, changing your mindset and being just like a little bit more sunshiny. My problem with the book, I am really enjoying it, but I'm just not super religious. And I just really feel like books should come with a small warning. And I don't remember if I said this last week, but like, you know, Jimmy bought me the power of positive thinking when we first started dating, which, you know, obviously she was in a mood. And then my dad was like, oh, yeah, that's a great book. It's a great book. But I never really got past the first couple chapters because it was so heavily driven in religion. And that was hard for me. But I really love the contents of this book. So I've kept going with it. And I really got to believe in my girl, Tanya. I, I like Raquel, too. I have nothing against her. But like just when you know what it's like to be in the radio industry and like you see someone succeeding at a dream that you had, I know that the reaction is naturally to be like very jealous and like you know, I feel that way, too. But overall, I'm just so fucking proud of her and I want her to succeed. I don't know this girl at all, but I just feel like I really want her to succeed and I want her to achieve what many cannot in this industry, which is success. You know, like, I mean, it depends on what success looks like to you, obviously. Like, I, I found myself successful because I was on morning radio and I did my dream job and that was awesome. But it just wasn't a sustainable career. And I think that that's another level of success is being able to sustain. 
such an impressive career in radio and expand out. And, you know, she talks about in the book how she tried to have a book deal before and it fell through. So overall, I just like I'm really rooting for this girl. And so I might continue reading the book. But it was really weird because some of the things in there, you know, you're reading something and it triggers something like completely different in your head. So when I was reading, there was a section about being someone else's sunshine and it talks about being the light in someone's darkest moment. And it led me to this memory. And I just feel like, you know, a lot of my my listeners, my people, single bitches like myself, you know, um, you know, I know I'm on the path to not being single. But as of right now, I'm single. So I can say this. And one of the things that I wanted to talk about because I find it so profound is your partner's effect on your friendships. And what I mean by that was this triggered this memory for me because I was thinking about the people in my life who bring me sunshine when I'm in darkness, which I have an amazing list. I have this incredible support system. And I'm not trying to tell this story to trash talk, which I know it sounds like, but I really just, it's so important to me. So I'm gonna like admit big details that might give away, like if you know my past enough. But basically there was a time where I was in the hospital and someone came to visit me and help me out because, you know, my dad was driving me back. He's not the best with blood. And this was a bloody day. And so um, obviously I'm fine. So, you know, it's OK. So I called this friend and I was like, I know she's going to show up. She also loves this shit. I feel like she'd be really into it. And I remember her being there. But one of the core memories for me was that while she was there taking care of me, her partner at the time was calling and texting and complaining about I can't find this what are we gonna have for dinner like what are we doing here and I just remember thinking oh my god she's here being the light in my dark moment and she doesn't have a light herself like she is giving all of her light to me while still simultaneously like being somebody else's light and I just thought oh my god I will never put myself in a situation where someone is not going to be supportive of me with my friends. And guess what? I did. I did that. I completely did that, which reminded me like I fucking did that. Like I just couldn't. I just kept thinking to myself like, oh, my God, I went back to, you know, my sister's mini wedding where a majority of the time I was really I was in it, but I was also very stressed about Jimmy being on time to the point where I actually friend of the podcast, bestie of my life, Alex, I just I was like, I can't deal with him. Can you just make sure he gets here on time? I got to like be here for my sister, whatever. And I was. And, you know, it made me think back to I threw a birthday party for um, two of my best friends and he didn't show up. And I was like one of the big party planners and like, you know, and that hurt. And I just felt like it was so important to talk about Real quick, because if you are in a relationship or you're dating and you're looking for your partner, I think one of the most important things that you need to look for is someone who's going to support you while you're supporting somebody else. Right. Because, you know, we are happy to be there for our friends. I'll fucking do anything for my friends. But sometimes after I'm done doing something for my friends, like I feel exhausted and I just want something for me. Best example, coming home from a bachelorette party. Every time I came home from a bachelorette party and I was in a relationship, I was like, oh, my God, I just want to, like, be snuggled. Like, I just want to relax and be snuggled. I just went hard. I put my full personality on the line and I'm home now and I just want to be supported. I want someone to, like, bring me McDonald's because I'm probably hungover or Taco Bell breakfast and, like, 
I want to relax and I don't want to think about it. I got to be somebody else's support system and I loved it. I loved it. This isn't a complaint. I loved it. But I just want to come home and someone be there for me. So while you're out there on your own personal husband, wife, partner hunt, I just want to say to you, make sure that that person fills your cup like when your cup is empty. You know what I mean? And it's like, well, I know we're responsible for filling our own cups. So every once in a while, you need a little fucking assistance. OK, and so find someone who's going to do that for you. And I, I just yeah, it was really an interesting like that's not what the chapter was about, but it triggered this in me and I wrote it down. I know it could have been an ask Ashley, but like I just I don't know. I feel like the podcast as I get older gets a little bit more inspirational, but still fucking funny. So it's fine. But um, yeah, I hope you're appreciating it. Feel free to leave me honest feedback. I'll listen to it. You can anonymously do it on the Ask Ashley thing if you would like. Um, but yeah. So anyways, I, I would recommend the book. I'm super excited because it's both it's was launched today. So I don't know. I've never pre-ordered a book before in my life. So I don't really know how this works. But we all know or if you're new to the podcast, you don't know. But if you're a loyalist, um, if you're new, hi, hello, welcome. But I lived and breathed this book by yourself, the fuck, fucking lilies. Um, and the woman who wrote it, Tara, I cannot remember how to pronounce her last name. And I feel like I want to call it Schuster. And that's just the glee bitch in me. But she wrote a second book called Glowing in the Dark or something. And when she announced she wrote a second book, I was like, my fucking whole body and soul is ready because I was like, I feel like I'm in a totally different place from when I read By Yourself the Fucking Lilies. That book totally like it was a stepping stone into me, like getting my shit together. And so I'm really excited. Like I said, I'd never fucking pre-ordered a book. So like I don't know when I'm supposed to get it because it was like released today. I got charged for it on Amazon, but I don't know when it's supposed to arrive. I'm hoping tomorrow, but like we'll see. And um, yeah, it just cracks me up because I started to put together like my book. Like I was like, maybe I should have a little bookshelf. People could see my books. And then I was like, here are my books. Be the sunshine. Buy yourself the fucking lilies. Codependent no more. <laughs> so for some reason, um, girl with no job, the like Claudia story, the girl who hosts the morning toast, um, her book, like it was just such a funny arrangement of books. And I was like, well, I mean, if anything's going to tell you a little something, something about myself while I'm sitting while you're sitting in my home, it's it's these books. Um, <laughs> I actually got a new book at the conference I was at. I'm excited to read it. Um, you know, I love a good little like leadership elevation book, so I'm into it. I, I just think I. I'm into documentaries and self-help books now. So I guess I'm fucking 50 years old. I don't really know what to tell you about that. Um, but yeah. So I also went to a work conference this past week. It was the first time that we had done an in-person one in a couple years. And it was really exciting. It was fun because there's people that live on like different coasts that I don't get to see. They didn't all recognize me with my hot red hair because the last time they saw me was 2020 and I was blonde. And, uh, you know, we love that reaction. But I just have to say, like, going into it, I was really nervous because I know I alluded and I'm not going to talk about it here on the podcast because, like, work-life balance people. But there was, like, some drama at work and I was just really nervous about how it was going to go. And I have to say this, I was met with such open arms and it was so great. And I just went in there and I, I think I said this last week, but I really held true to it. I was like, listen, I could 
let my anxiety come over and be a armadillo and just hide in my shell, which I think they do. I just picture that armadillos are like the animal roly poly oly. So, you know, that little bug that like creatures and then like into a little ball like armadillos do the same thing. Right. Or am I just making that shit up? Because if I'm not, that's what I was. I was armo. I don't want to armadillo. So instead, I decided to come out of my big cocoon shell and literally just be myself, which was great because I happened to be sitting right dead center um, in the conference. And, you know, every once in a while, someone would say something and it'd be exciting. But then the room was really quiet. So I just hit them with a woohoo. So I was quite literally the woo girl all weekend. And I would just woo. Woo! Whenever someone would say something exciting and you know what? It made the presenters feel good. It made me feel good. And overall, I just felt better. And I think it was one of those things where I was like, I think I got so wrapped up in work of being so worried about what everybody thought about me that I just stopped being myself. I was like, this is too much work. Everyone's going to hate me. So I'm just going to be quiet and not say anything. And uh, instead, I was just myself. And I have to tell you, like when I got home, I just felt like so much better. I mean, I felt fucking exhausted. Let me let me tell you, your girl was tired as fuck. But the other thing I did, so we this conference is up in Sonoma County, which was so fun. We all know I lived there for like, you know, seven years or whatever. And I loved it. I think eight actually. Um, And um, I unfortunately like I just went for the conference. I didn't get to like visit with anyone, which I was kind of bummed about. But on the way home, we um, stopped at a at one of the taquerias that I loved and the bartender still remembered me and I haven't been there in five years to shout out to me Pueblo and Katati because I know there's beef because some people when you go to Sonoma State you're either a me El Rancho person or a me Pueblo person and I've always been a me Pueblo girl and the bartender remembered me five years later with my red hair came up to me so in case you're like Ashley I'm sure you went up to the bar and was like oh my god do you remember me that's a very fair thing that you would assume that I did but I didn't and he still remembered me. So like, listen, Smashly, well known, world renowned. So uh, that was really fun. And then I was like, you guys, please don't hate me. I was carpooling with two of my coworkers who I love. And I was like, can we stop at the sandwich place on the way home? Like, are you will you guys absolutely hate me? Lombardi's in Petaluma is my favorite sandwich place in existence. And I'm a sandwich girl. That's my favorite food. And um, which, you know, the otter was talking about my food preferences and he's like okay so you eat like a child and I was like chicken tenders sandwiches hot dogs make me very happy pizza um yes ice cream and cookies so yeah pretty much what you would serve a five-year-old is what I like to eat so yeah uh (laughs) anywho so I picked up two sandwiches um the number 11 smoking chicken and sauce which is uh grilled chicken with bacon, smoked cheddar, oh, sorry, smoked Swiss cheese on a soft roll with mayo. I don't put veggies on my sandwiches because I think that's disgusting. And then the second one was the chicken and sauce with the garlic cheddar cheese on a soft roll. And I just have to tell you, like, I don't think I've ever been um, happier eating in the last, like, three years than I was on Friday night and Saturday morning. Like, your girl was living her absolute dream life or sorry, Thursday night, Friday morning, because you really needed to know. Um, (laughs) Friday, we got to have the day off and I went and got my first infusion of the new medication. So that was pretty cool. They had like these bougie ass sweets. When I used to get uh, Remicade infusions, I was in, you know, and I 
I don't mean this in a mean way, but I was in the chemo room. So and I always just felt like I always felt like I was in, invasive, like I was invading their space and like, you know, maybe they wanted to talk about what they were going through. And I like I'm happy to listen, but I just, you know, I couldn't relate. And so, you know, I just I don't know. I always felt like uncomfortable and you know, now I've got this like fancy bougie ass room. It like literally looks like a little living room. It's got a mirror in there, two chairs. Chairs are comfy. They recline. Ugh. They gave me like a blanket and not like a hospital blanket, like a blanket blanket. Like she was thick. And I was like, OK, she's set. She's set for life. Um, <laughs> so uh, overall, it went well. Um, I don't really know because, like I said, I'm still on the other medications. So I've still been feeling nauseous, but just trying to do whatever I can do to make myself feel better. Um, and I mean, that's really all we can like ask of ourselves. Right. So, uh, yeah, overall, overall, it went, it went good. And then on Saturday night, I got to go visit um, one of my most favorite couples, friends of the podcast, Gabby and Rich. They're getting married this April. Gabby's bachelorette party this is this weekend, which is why I'm gearing up for New Orleans. Uh, we're having a little bit of a real Housewives Bravo theme. So I am going as the one and only Andy Cohen. So um, I'm going to bring my little microphone and, you know, maybe interview people on the streets. Who knows? It doesn't record, but maybe I'll have my phone there in case we want to see some good stuff. Um, but yeah, they uh, hosted me over their place. We had these bomb ass fucking carnitas and had some wine and just chatted like one of my favorite activities is just sitting on a comfy couch, which theirs is the best, with some wine and just and just talking. Like it was just exactly what I needed. And then, you know, I got to wake up Sunday and just relax and then go back to work. And here we are. So um overall it's been a really it's been a really positive fucking fun life I'm living right now, which is great. I mean, I've been a little bit of a nightmare today and yesterday just because I was like, I got really stressed. And then I journaled and was like, can you calm down? Like, you're fine. And I do feel better. I do feel better. So yeah, I don't know. Um, Anyways, okay. Also, I did my little champagne goals. Remember I talked about how uh, I was going to do the goals of the champagne and my dad laughed at me. Well, he did pick me up the bottles of champagne. He got me doubles so they're not just minis and he was like oops and I was like I mean I'll accept that mistake um and I did change him a little bit and let me tell you <laughs> I took his laughter at the Peloton to heart and I removed that goal not only I did I remove the goal because I was like yeah fine but mostly I removed the goal because I am currently looking into selling my Peloton to pay off my medical bills and if that's just not the most ironic, hilarious statement, I don't know what is. I literally was on the phone with my girlfriend, Kim, who's studying me a nurse, you know, so she knows health. And I was like, how much do you think I get for my Peloton? I have to sell it to pay off my medical bills. And she started laughing. And I was like, that is funny. Like, that is so fucking funny. But it's true. I am in the market of selling my Peloton. So if you're interested, let me know. Um, but I'm, I'm trying to sell it so that way I can pay off my medical bills. And then I think I just want a walking pad. You know what? Once I realized that I could work out the way I wanted to and I didn't need to be stressed, like I love hot girl walks, but it's raining. So I would like, you know, a walking pad in here and also for when it's nighttime or something. And then like I want to do a couple workout videos for free on YouTube. This is what I want to do. I, I might want to go to the gym because I do kind of like, you know, in-person classes and like ellipticals. But right now that's on the budget. So if I'm looking at how I'm going to ball in a budget and work out the way I want to, it's selling the Peloton, paying off hopefully my CT scan and then getting a walking pad, which I got to be honest with you, selling the Peloton will not pay off that CT scan, which is also a very 
very sad statement, um, but it will be a good dent. So, uh, yeah, I thought that was hilarious. And speaking speaking of hot girl walks, so it's been raining, so I haven't been able to go on one. And then I got back from Kinko's today for whatever reason. And I was like, oh, my God, it's sunny for a minute. So I went on my hot girl walk and I literally spent my hot girl walk planning out every single outfit for my weekend in New Orleans. And if that does not scream a girl with anxiety, but at least she's trying to work on it, like, I don't know what does. I just have this weird thing about packing lately where I've been super insecure about overpacking. And then I freak out and then I realize that, like, I don't really have that many outfits. So I was like, maybe if I write it out and I have a couple core items that I can, like, switch around into different outfits, like, I'm only bringing one pair of jeans. I'm just bringing my black jeans. They're my most comfortable. And, you know, I have a couple different outfits with them. Will some girl be like, is that bitch wearing the same jeans every day? I don't know. Maybe. But like, do I care? Not really. I'm out there trying to get wasted. Like, I don't fucking care about my jeans. Like, ugh. I mean, for health reasons, I won't be. Smashley will probably just come out like one night, you know, and then she's going to be surely templing that shit up. But I've noticed that I'm just wild at any state in my life. So I think I'll be OK. But I also know because I went to a bachelorette party in New Orleans back in 2019. And one of my least favorite, favorite memories was that I was in the airport throwing up and sobbing because I was throwing up red and I thought it was blood. I remember calling my uh, boyfriend at the time and I was like, oh my God, I'm dying, blah, 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 blah. Yeah, it was the hurricane. I was throwing up hurricane and it was red. So she's a fucking idiot. And um, (laughs) overall, I think I'll be staying away from hurricanes, but I'm trying to get at least one of those slushy drinks. I'm such a psycho. You know, when you go to Vegas and they have like the yardsticks, I fucking love those. And I know people are like, they don't even have alcohol in it and they're bad for you. Like, I don't fucking care. But I know they sell them in New Orleans and I want one. So see me on the gram with my picks. But overall, I Gabby is one of my favorite humans. She has been like a little sister and best friend to me for so fucking long. And I'm so honored to be invited to her bachelorette party because her older sister is Jenna, who we, we know from the podcast. We know from her um, iconic hospital visit into her wedding. If you've never listened to that episode of the podcast and you're new, I think it's one of my favorites um, from hospital to wedding in 48 hours. Highly recommend. Uh, and, you know, I I'm just super excited to, to be a part of the the crew and go down there and party my shit up baby uh it will it will probably be a very much needed vacation and uh yeah so also you know I have to say I finished up last swing it was sensational I don't have much to add other than I think you should watch it uh the drama between them like starting a new golf tournament thing is really juicy uh overall I think it was really good I think my complaints I covered in the last episode of the podcast. Uh, I also finished watching the Murdoch murders. You guys, holy shit. Have you watched that? I heard it. I heard the story first on my favorite murder, which I had forgotten about, except for uh, Bessie, the podcast, Georgia called me and I was watching it. And he's like, oh, my God, remember that when that was on my favorite murder? And I'm like, oh, my God, I have the memory unlocked, but I totally forgot that they covered it. But that story is fucking wild. And I felt really bad saying this, but I was talking to my girlfriend, Kim, about it. And I was like, I'm just so glad we're not like young anymore and like making those mistakes. Like I'm not getting on a drunk boat. Like I just that's horrifying 
just absolutely horrifying. And then in the so if you don't know what I'm talking about, basically, it's like this family, this rich family from the South. And like they have all these scandals connected to them. And one of the biggest ones was that the one of the sons, I think the youngest son, like was driving the boat, refused to let anyone else drive. He was drunk and he slammed into like, um, I think, a um, a bridge. And then one of the girls ended up dying and it was like so fucking sad, like the boyfriend's in it. And he like sits on the bridge just waiting for her to come up. Oh, my God. It's so fucking sad. But then, you know, they like tied to all these other scandals. But the other thing that I thought was so crazy was when you're looking at the pictures are like drinking White Claws. Like I just I feel like most true crime things when you're watching it, it's like, you know, like 30 or 40 years ago, if that even more. And I'm like, oh, my God, this was fucking like 2019. And I'm just and these people, these like, you know, a young adults who are in this documentary you're just like god you've been through so fucking much like I felt really bad for the one girl I think her name was Megan so she was Mallory's best friend and the boy who like crashed the boat was her boyfriend and then he got murdered and then she was also abusing her so she's just got like all these fucking layers and I'm I have to say I'm really proud of them all for sitting down and being able to do this documentary so I think it's like worth the watch for like you know you to to get like you know educated or I mean if you're not into that if you're not into true crime then like obviously you don't have to watch it but I just felt like watching it for me was like I'm a true crime person so I want to watch it but then I also was like I feel like I'm supporting them like I want them to get their story to be heard and like fuck this crazy rich ginger guy like he was just like did he kill his wife and son I think so but I don't know it's just uh the scandal on scandal so watch it let me know what you think um and then I promise we're not going to talk about like any more sad murder things, but I am going to lead you with that into the commercial. <laughs> Hi, friends. I am so excited about a new segment on the podcast called Ask Ashley. This isn't totally new in the world of Ashley Sleek Incorporated, of course, because my very first blog I had was called Ask Ashley, and I absolutely love doing it, and I'm so excited to be bringing it to the podcast. But the only way it has mad success is if you all share your juicy questions with me. So please submit your questions. You can do it anonymously on my Instagram, at Ashley Sleek, Ashley with two E's, of course. Click the link in my bio, and there's a Google form. I promise you it is anonymous, because listen, maybe I try to sneakily see if I can see who submitted questions. I cannot. So please, please, please submit there, or if you don't Care about being anonymous, you can submit via your email on my website at ashleysleek.com. I am so excited to hear your questions and I love you so much. Okay, bye. Okay, let's talk less depressing, but you know, inspirational Ask Ashley's uh, for the week. We have um, a question that, you know, I always love. So it was, how do you deal with difficult family members who don't support you or are really negative? And I thought this was really interesting. You know, I I overall have been pretty lucky when it comes to my family. I've had my own struggles. But when it comes to my parents specifically, you know, they were both really supportive. And when I get an Ask Ashley question, I like to try to put myself in the mindset of of this. And the first thing I thought of of like major non-supporting was when I was dating Jimmy. So my uh, my dad didn't really weigh in or have an opinion. But I remember that my mom and sister really did not like him. And uh, I felt, you know, they tried their best to cover it up, but I just felt it. And I remember just feeling like so defeated by it. And it was really hard for me. And 
I remember my first reaction was kind of to like shut off and like shy away from it. But then I still wanted to be around everybody. So I had a really hard time figuring out how to handle it. And honestly, at the time, I didn't really because Jimmy and I were dealing with so much stuff. We broke up anyway. So it kind of just worked itself out. But uh, over the years, I have realized that there is a major pressure around family. Like you feel like family is supposed to be there for you no matter what. Like family is supposed to be your first call. Family is supposed to be this. But like whatever your expectation of family is, the reality is usually not the same. And actually, I was speaking with um, one of my besties about this, uh, just about family in general. And I want to call him out in case he didn't doesn't want to be a quoted to this quote, but a quoted? I don't think that's a thing. Um, in case he doesn't want to be connected. But he, he said, you know, that... Uh, like in therapy, they mentioned, you know, um, that you have to take time to like mourn the loss of what your idea of family was supposed to be. And that could not be more accurate as you get older, I believe. I think, you know, we're grown up and we're like, okay, like every birthday, all of our cousins are going to be there. And, you know, and then you just kind of think, okay, this is going to happen your whole life. And I remember growing up and starting to think about, okay, so at what point are people going to stop kind of showing up? Like, at what point are, are you know, they going to have their own families? And as it was starting to happen, you know, and there weren't the same Christmases, there weren't the same, you know, uh, birthdays and things like that. You know, it, it was hard, but I was just like, OK, like everyone's kind of moving on. And I thought that it was really important to look at family from a different lens. I think that you need to change the definition of family because I know it's such a cliche and barf, barf, barf statement. But, you know, I think that, fram, you know, friends are the family that you choose. I almost said families and I'm she's a hot mess. But friends are really the family that you choose. And I really believe that as you get older and I hope people are starting to realize this as they're younger, that like you actually don't have to put up with anybody that you don't want to. And you actually don't have to take anybody's opinions to heart. Like, you know, obviously Jimmy wasn't the one for me. And I appreciated that I had friends around that were able to tell me that and still be supportive. They were like, listen, I don't think you're getting treated the best way, but, you know, ultimately it's your decision. I'm going to support you. But like, you know, I just have to tell you. And I was like, sweet, perfect, great. Or they were telling me and they're like, not so not so upfront ways, you know, and but they were still supportive of me. It was my call, whatever. And I, I really like appreciated that. Uh, and, you know, I think that that's what a good support system does. Like they're going to tell you the truth and they're going to support you either way. And having family that doesn't support you or is really negative, you know, for me, I would just set boundaries. That would be my solution for you is I know how I know how upsetting it is. And like, you know, I said earlier, like my friend said, like more in the loss of that. But just know that it's your life and you actually get to choose who gets to be a part of it. And you get to choose who gets to know what and like you get to choose your narrative. And I know sometimes like, you know, my mom will tell somebody something because they're excited. I'm like, fuck, I wanted to tell them that, you know. And and, you know, for me, it's happened in a positive way. But I know like there's negatives, too, where you're like, oh, I told someone this and they told someone else and I wish they wouldn't have. And, you know, in that way, you might not control the narrative. But at the end of the day, you can control like really how you're going to react to it. And, you know, not everything needs this blow up fight spiral, you know, decide what you need. 
Do you feel like the family member who are who are not supporting you and are being negative, do you feel like you need to sit down and have a conversation with them about that? Because you're absolutely entitled to. And one of the things about sitting down with a conversation with someone is it's going to be mostly about you because you don't know how they're going to react. So you need to go in and be like, is having this conversation going to make me feel better? Like at the end of the day, am I going to feel like, okay, I said everything I need to say, I'm good. Or are you going to be really wrapped up in their response and worrying about what they have to say? Because sometimes, you know, it's a little easier route just to take a step back, just to protect your own happiness and sanity. And, you know, I believe that if two people want to make a relationship work, they can, but it's okay for that process to be slow. And if you don't necessarily want to work on a relationship with someone and you're like, you know what, I think I'm just going to set my boundaries and take a step back. That's okay too. There's no rule book that says I have to talk to this person because we share the same DNA. It's the same thing with friends. Like, you know, and I, the reason this got brought up recently is because I was talking about how you know, special I feel because my friendships really did become family. And I also like I say that because I feel involved in their families, you know, like I, uh, you know, I can show up to a party for Jenna or Gabby and know, you know, who, who the cousins and the aunts and the uncles are. I know for sure that I can call, you know, Kim's mom if I want to. If I'm in town and I just want to drop in and say hi, I can call them. They fed me several times. I mean, all of my best friends, I can't think of a single friend truly that I have that I do not have a close relationship with their parents and probably their siblings. And I just that's so not lost on me as a like success and something so important. And I I have just gotten this extra family love that I didn't even realize I I got or like I got so lucky for it. So, you know, what the support that you need that you're looking for from your family, you might just have to get it somewhere else. And I and I totally know that sucks. That's not it's such an easier said than done kind of thing. But I promise you there are people out there who just want to support you. And it's not it's quality over quantity. Don't feel like you need if you have like this hundred person family and you're like, I come from this big family and I need that kind of level of support. I You're going to find someone, at least one person who's going to make you feel just as loved, you know, than a hundred negative people. So I, I am super apologetic that you are finding yourself in a negative situation or not being supported, but find your own family and set your boundaries with your current family. If you feel it's worth a discussion, sit down and have one, but just be prepared. If the outcome doesn't come the way you want, just know I said what I needed to say and I can move on and and be happy. So I hope that was helpful. Thank you so much for continuing to submit your Ask Ashley questions. This is making me so happy. I love doing this. Um, I hope the advice is helpful. You can submit a question on my Instagram or TikTok. The link is in the bio. Um, it's super anonymous, so I have no idea. So feel free to ask whatever you would like. And also, you know, I mentioned the champagne goals earlier um, and then I went on the whole tangent about the the bike. But I just want to say that like a lot of my champagne goals have to do with the podcast and with social media. So if you could share this podcast with someone that you love, I'm not ending it right now, but I'm just saying since we're here, if you want to give me a, a follow on TikTok, I'd appreciate it. I'm trying to grow and expand the career. So anyways, let's talk a little bit about dating. I don't have too many updates except for I just felt like everybody needs to know that um, 
the otter is like fully following through on like last week's talk. So, you know, if you're new to the podcast, haven't listened yet. So I've been, you know, dating this guy. Uh, He's been amazing. We had a conversation last week about, you know, where we wanted it to go, what we're looking for. And I just felt like I needed, you know, just a little bit more attention, which is fine. And so we talked about seeing each other once a week and talking every day. And so far, so good. And I got to call, um, you know, mention her a few times a day, Bessie of the podcast, Kim, to catch her up. And I was literally like, yeah, I just asked these things and then they happened. And she's all, yeah, isn't that amazing? And I'm like, isn't that amazing? Isn't that amazing, though? You know, we all like sit through these like very toxic, shitty relationships. I know we've all been through them. I mean, I'm actually I do know some of y'all are high school sweethearts and I'm happy for you. Um, But I'm sure shit's happened to you, maybe in a friendship or, you know, in the family or whatever that's toxic. And you're like, I'm setting a boundary and I'm asking for something. And then it just like gets ignored or you feel stupid or whatever. Like not only did I not feel stupid about asking for what I was looking for, but like It's also just happened. And, you know, I was talking to Andrew about it and I'm like, oh, my God, like, I think like, like it's working. You know, if you're new, Andrew's my therapist. And I was like, oh, my God, I just found this great guy. And he was like, yeah, but like he's like, you found this great guy. But I just want to remind you that that's because you're great. And he's like, you attracted this guy because of who you are. And I was like, oh, my God, thank you, Andrew. We're not giving him any credit. And I'm just kidding. Like, he's amazing. And and but what Andrew was getting at was that I've been doing all this work on myself and I kept telling him what I was so afraid of was attracting the wrong guy again. And I'm not saying that, like, the otter is my soulmate, like, slow it down, people. All I'm saying is that this is a guy that. I felt comfortable to ask for something and then it then it's happening. So he's like just restoring all the faith in the world here. Um, And, you know, we're supposed to see each other tomorrow. He's supposed to drive me to the airport. Um, Very exciting. Uh, And, you know, it just it just has worked out. And, you know, I really I know that when you're dating and people are like, work on yourself, like you want to throw up because it's so fucking annoying because it makes it seem like you're not good enough and that's why you're not getting a man or or a woman or whoever you're looking for. But I think what it is is that like you're so uh you have something else to celebrate, you know? And the self-work stuff is like never done. You know what I mean? Like I'm sitting here telling you, yay, I found this great guy, but I'm still reading the sunshine mine and glow in the fucking darkness and like still doing therapy. Like there's just so much work to be done. And you know, it's kind of nice that sometimes when you are feeling lonely and you're like, fuck, when's it my turn? You know, you're kind of like, well, I'm doing all this nice work on myself and like, good for me, you know, and then you're you're going to feel more comfortable to ask for things and you're going to be more successful in a relationship. At least this is what I'm finding. I'm telling you this because I'm living it. You know what I mean? Like, it's nice to not be like, I'm just making an assumption. I'm telling you right now that like I've done the breakups and I've done the heartbreak and I'm working on myself and I managed to like attract this guy and ask for what I need and it's working. So I don't know. I just I just want to share that with you. And, you know, it's not like a timeline kind of thing. It's not like, OK, I'm going to work on myself for three months and the sky's going to appear. It's more like, I don't know. I think you just uh, get so into and I'm not going to be like, it happens when you least expect it because fuck that. We're not doing cliches. All I'm saying is that continue to do things in your life that you're proud of and that make you make you feel confident, because then when it's when you're it, it's your time and you're ready, you're going to find someone that's going to appreciate all of that about you. And obviously, I'm still fucking anxious as hell and I struggle like, yeah, you know, like 
I I worry about um, what's going to happen when he doesn't call me one day or like, uh, you know, today, for example, I actually haven't heard from him. So I was like, what if I go on this like whole fucking rant and then he doesn't call me? And then I was like, OK, well, I just talked very highly of you on the podcast and now you ditch me tomorrow. Those thoughts still happen. I'm still very scared of them. But, you know, I write them in my journal. I walk it out. I remind myself that that's like probably not going to happen. And if it does, I'll be OK either way. We'll come back with a great episode and everything. So I just want you to know that technically I am going into New Orleans single, but, you know, we'll see if I plan to act on on that singlehood. But, um, you know, it'll be fun as I talk about how wonderful he is. And he's like, oh, I can still do whatever I want. Such a brat. Um, we'll we'll see. I'll, I'll I'll report back. I don't know. I don't really care. I think I'm just going to go into it with expectations of zero when it comes to men and very high of good lady time. And speaking of bachelorette parties, this is going to wheel me right into my I'm sorry what moment of the week. Because as I was with Gabby and Rich this weekend, we were talking about like, you know, because they're getting married, obviously. And I was like, Rich, are you excited for your bachelor party? He's like, I am. But, you know, like it's not as much of a center of attention thing, you know, and he wasn't like talking bad about bachelor parties. But I was just like, oh my God, do you think you're going to get a sash? Do you get a crown? And he's like, you know, that's not really typical at a bachelor party. And I just feel like, I think if we're, and we're just talking, you know, as a hetero male, I think they should have the same level of bachelorette party as a fucking female. Okay, just, and we're, I'm so sorry to be doing gender norms right now. I, I don't mean to, but it's just like the only way to really describe what I'm talking about. So like stereotypically, when you're at a bachelorette party, it's like all eyes on the bride. Okay, like brides getting shots, brides getting veil, brides getting wasted. We are telling everybody who will look look our direction that she's getting married. Like it's my favorite thing. It's just getting to shower someone you love with so much extra love and attention. And then like guys, you know what? You honestly wouldn't really know. And I know this because I went up to you know when we went to Jenna's. One of her checklist items was like, find a bachelor party. And I just walked up to this group of dudes and I was like, are any of you getting married? And he's like, oh, yeah, this is my bachelor party. And I was like, I wouldn't know because you're not wearing a tiara. You're not wearing a sash. And you might be sitting here thinking, Ashley, like these are dudes. They don't want to do that. No, fuck that shit. Everybody loves a little attention. I know people are like, I don't like to be center attention. OK, I get that. But everybody wants to feel special. And I think that men should get the same fucking level of bachelorette stardom as women do. I think bachelor parties need to be stepped the fuck up. Listen, I'm talking to you. I'm talking to you in a bachelor party. You step that shit up. Embarrass your boy. Like, let's not let mediocre men plan mediocre bachelor parties. Step that shit up. I want to see like vagina necklaces and also <laughs> I'm just kidding but like I just want to see a little bit more excitement. Just a little bit more excitement. Maybe just get him like a white hat or something. I just I feel like it should be as there are some that I've seen. I remember last time I was in New Orleans, I ran it. We ran into a bachelor party that had the matching sashes that we did. So I got to take a picture. I was hot mama and he was hot mess, which I will never, ever forgive being hot mama because I am not a mom. And it made and I was already the oldest on that trip. So I don't know. Um, Shelby, the maid of honor. We never talked about it. I don't know if you listen to this podcast, but I'm so sorry to put you on blast. But like shady as hell. Um, for making me hot mama. Um, okay. I'm the only one who doesn't want kids. So I don't understand how that was bestowed upon me because then everyone was like, oh my God, 
how many kids do you have? And I was like, zero, like not even a furry one. But I still love her. That was an amazing bachelorette party. And I'm super excited to go back to New Orleans. But anyways, I'm sorry, what? Men, step up your shit, okay? You're having crazy, like I'm snooze about the strip clubs. Maybe we do strip clubs, we had a bachelor party. Shh. No, I want to walk into Ballast Point Brewery and know that's a fucking bachelor party. I want to know who the groom is. I want I want him to be in a fail. I want all that shit. Like I'm snoozed about the strippers. I want to see you guys drunk on a bar with your with your party cheering you on. OK, I want it. I want to see it. I support it. Also, one of my favorite wedding trends is like having different sexes in the bridal parties, you know, like. I'll have two dudes in mind for sure, obviously, Eloy and George. And, you know, like Jenna, her um, husband, Sergio, friend of the podcast as well. His sister was his um, best man, you know. So like, I just I love that shit. We don't need to be like stuck in the gender norms. All I'm saying, all I'm trying to get out. Bottom line, I'm sorry what moment is. Dudes, for your bachelor party, step that shit up. I'm, I want to see the bachelor planning apps for you. Okay, anyways, you guys, I love you so much. I got to get my shit together. I got a vagina wax in an hour. I got to cook dinner. It's a whole thing. Um, Hopefully after this, I'm playing the clip from last week. But if not, don't hate me. We'll talk about it next week. I love you all so much. Thank you for listening to this podcast. Um, I did. There's a Lightning McQueen challenge kind of thing going on on TikTok or trend where it's like you talk about something that you kind of do that you don't think anyone cares about. And then it's like, Lightning McQueen and someone like cheering. So I did one about, you know, how easy it is to discourage yourself, especially when doing a podcast. There's so many out there. There's so many good ones. And I'm like, is this worth it? Like, is anyone listening? And then I switched to like my listeners being so excited for the next episode. So I just really want to thank you from the bottom of my heart for for listening and caring and telling your friends and family about the podcast. So I uh, continue to share it. Let's blow this shit up. Um, we love a famous Ashley. And uh, yeah, I look forward to answering more of your Ask Ashley questions. You can submit them on the gram and I will see you next week. OK, bye. Okay, wait, I'm so sorry. I never do this, but literally the episode ended. I said, okay, bye. And I'm literally like writing up, I'm uploading it. And I am like writing out the caption about like what's going on this episode. And I cannot fucking believe that I managed to get through the whole episode without talking about my weekend. And I'm embarrassed. And I was like, well, I'll save it for next week. And I'm like, no, I don't want to because it was so good. First of all, on Friday or sorry, on Saturday, I went and saw Besties of the Podcast, Ryan and Julie. And I forgot this like iconic fucking moment where we were leaving. And these two people were like very clearly on a date like they were, you know, dating it up. And at least at least in Ryan and Julie and I's eyes and I was walking their dog Jack's like out of, you know, the uh, out of the brewery and Jack's decided to take a shit in the bush, like literally right in front of these people, like literally right in front of this date. And then it's like it's one of those bushes, you know, that's got like this, like the really long little petals. I don't don't know how to describe it, but I know that you know what bush I'm talking about because it's not like a bush bush. It's like so anyways, if you imagine me, I was walking Jack. So I'm like, I'll pick up his poop. I am digging 
just digging through this bush trying to find his shit. And because he like, he decided to do it with a journey. And I was like, oh my God, I'm literally digging through this bush. And I felt, because I was like, I don't want it to smell like poop in front of this couple. They're clearly on a date, you know? And then I hear the girl laughing and I'm like, oh my God, I'm so sorry. She's like, you know, you're really in there. And I was like, this is their son. Like, I just want you to know that this is their kid that I'm picking up after. And he decided to poop in this bush. And, you know, I was like, oh my God, Julie's like, I'm pretty sure they're on a date. And I'm like, right. She's like, well, at least they have something memorable to talk about. So I hope that forever I wherever that couple is, I hope that they talk about how, um, you know, a dog shit in front of them on their first date and about the heroic girl who tried to save their romance. This is how I know that I am a hopeless romantic because I will dig through a bush to find a dog poop. So that way your date is not spoiled, you know, so when they get married, I would like them to also hire me as their officiant. And maybe I will, maybe I won't tell this shitty story. But also, I had the most epic bridal shower weekend. Like, I got to attend a um, friend of the podcast, uh, Gabby's. In, uh, I literally was going to go 12 wedding things, but not what I was doing. I was like, rehearsal dinner, engagement party. Like, no, I'm talking about the bridal shower. It was fucking incredible. It was in Half Moon Bay. The views were immaculate. The vibes were on point. She looked so fucking stunning. She was wearing the most perfect shoes I've ever seen in my life. And then her fiance rolls in and just looking dapper as fuck. These two belong in a, a catalog, literally, like, they are the picture perfect models and I am just floored. I'm absolutely floored by the style, the grace, the presence of these two. I listen, I know that we use the term power couple a lot here, but you guys don't worry. I feel like I'll have to share like a picture of them on the story after I after I said this. I feel like the world needs to see how literally picture perfect it was so fun and I thought it was so cute and I wanted to throw this out there because I really love this concept and I think something I know I know something similar happened at Jenna who's Gabby's sister's shower was like all the like like the dads and the uncles and like you know in this in a stereotypical like heterosexual you know shower where it's like the shower for the girls like all the bros were together having their kind of own shower and I thought that was really fun because I do feel like a groom kind of misses out you know like they don't get a shower and I kind of feel bad and I I do like the the combination showers I think those are really cool but I also really love the idea that like they're kind of having their own little like bro weekend and I just have to say that like it is not lost on me like how incredible of relationships that like I somehow get to have in my life and it's moments like these that like just step me back and I'm like I am so happy I'm here like I'm so happy that you know I met Jenna through the Mormons like can't be mad at the Mormon boys because you know they introduced us and who would have known because we had the same color braces and we were both nerds who like Green Day that we would then have this like lifelong friendship. I would get to be in her wedding. I know her family Then I get to now be a part of her sister's experience and know her fiance and just like such a great family. Like I, you know, people overuse this quote a lot. I know it's annoying about, you know, friends are the family that we choose. And I just got so I obviously I love my family, but it's so nice to have this second family. And I just felt so loved being there. And it wasn't even like about me. And I was like, why do I feel like so immaculate right now? But they are one of my favorite couples. And it was just like, 
Jenna's mom really like hit it out of the park on the shower and it was like fucking gorgeous. And I could not believe I could not let this episode get published without mentioning that I had I think because I had Monday off and like it was all the excitement with the otter, you know, so like this is what I'll say. I I started off the week feeling like just so shitty. I cried a lot. And by the end of the weekend, I was just like the happiest girl in the whole world. And I am so grateful for these like amazing connections in my life between getting to see my little niece, Gigi, who's like walking and like being an independent woman. And I'm like, I cannot handle this. And then, you know, getting to go to a, a, a bridal shower and see just love in its purest and best form. Um, and I'm just, I'm so happy and I just had such a great week. So anyways, I'm sorry to end the podcast twice, but I could not get through it. That was like such a disservice to everybody for me not to tell the story, but, um, I had a great weekend. I'm hoping it's going to be a really great week. I love you all so much. Thank you so much for listening to this podcast. You guys are the best. I love doing this. Seriously, this is like my absolute dream come true. And anytime even I'm having a bad week, I jump on this mic and I feel so much better. So thank you for doing life with me. And I love the fucking shit out of you. Okay, bye. For reals this time.